The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Curtis Arnold, who is the president of CardRatings.com. Welcome to the show, Curtis. Hey, Jordan. Glad to be back. Thank you. Let's just start a little bit with uh, CardRatings.com and exactly uh, what it is uh, that people are going to find if they go to that website. You bet. Yeah, I founded CardRatings uh, over a decade ago, Jordan, and uh, at the time it was really a pioneer in our field because no one was else out there was rating are reviewing credit cards for consumers. And so we offer a comprehensive, really the most comprehensive listing, comparative listing of credit cards anywhere. We do this every quarter, Jordan, for the New York State Banking Department. We host and conduct their uh, credit card survey, which is actually mandated by law, and we've done that for years. So that's in a nutshell what we do, uh, and, and we do a lot of things related to that. The world of credit cards has really changed dramatically uh, recently. Before we get into the specifics of the new law that went into effect about a month or so ago, uh, why don't we kind of get an overall view of the credit card industry? Uh, they've been uh, raising fees, raising rates dramatically. Is it uh, still a very profitable industry uh, under the current circumstances? Well, it's uh, not near as profitable as it once was. Uh, you know, the, the between the credit crunch, which we're really still under, as you know, Jordan, to a large extent anyway, um, between that and the CARD Act, which we can talk about later in the show, which is that new sweeping credit card reform law that went into effect uh, just last month, it really, uh, for the card industry, and I'm not trying to elicit, uh, you know, sad feelings for the industry, <laughs> but uh, it was a double whammy, has been for them, and they've seen, you know, delinquency rates uh, at historic highs, and so they've had to charge off billions of dollars in debt that they haven't been able to collect on. As a result, uh, they're starting to turn the corner now, but uh, it's been a tough go last 12 months or so for the industry. And what is the outlook going forward? Are things going to get better or worse for them, you think? Yeah, we think they've, on card ratings, we think they've turned a corner. Uh, we talk with industry uh, you know, insiders, and uh, we're hearing some, uh, some positive news out of the industry, which is something we haven't heard in quite a long time. So we think uh, we're hearing some direct mail uh, campaigns are starting to tick back up. Uh, I'm starting to see more in my mailbox. Uh, and there's different, you know, different barometers out there that, that are all kind of uh, indicating positive uh, things for the industry. And this uh, can be positive for consumers, too. Has there been a change in the attitude towards credit amongst the American public, you think? Oh, I definitely think so. I think, and it's a good lesson learned. Uh, the, I think, you know, we as Americans have, have had this mentality that credit cards were almost a social entitlement, uh, Jordan. And I think one of the things, the silver linings of this whole credit crunch and, and the CARD Act and the sweeping reform and all the media focus 
is that we're starting to wake up to the fact that, hey, a credit card is a loan. And that's something <laughs> you and I have been preaching for years, Jordan. Uh, it's a loan. It's, you know, they're for-profit institutions. They have to be held accountable. But we as consumers also have to use credit cards responsibly and use them um, you know, in a manner that doesn't benefit the card companies but should benefit us. And I've written a book about just that entitled How You Can Profit from Credit Cards. Overall, consumer credit outstanding has actually been falling for the last year, a little bit more than a year. Is that because banks are cutting people's credit lines or because people are paying off debt? What has caused uh, this reversal? Because for many, many years, credit outstanding had always been rising. Correct, correct. Yeah, you've got a couple of things there, Jordan. You've got uh, consumers are paying down their debt, which is a good thing. Uh, our savings rate as a country is, has ticked up through this whole crisis. Uh, you know, as more and more consumers are kind of hunkering down. So there's, that's part of it. But also we have seen massive uh, cuts in credit lines in the last couple of years. I mean, to the tune of trillions of dollars with the T, that's trillions. And so um, it's, been, uh, it's been monumental, to say the least. So a couple of different things going on, on there. And there's also been, Jordan, interestingly enough, a shift away from credit debit cards, uh, debit card growth has outpaced credit card growth now for quite some time. And so that's, I think, related to all, all this, what we're talking about. Why have credit card companies cut the um, credit line so much, and, and do, how much more do you anticipate they'll be cutting it this year? Well, you know, it, it's a good question. Um, we feel like the industry has become very risk-averse. And that's just a fancy word for saying, hey, the card companies don't want to take on any risk that they don't have to. They've been burned because through this credit crunch, a lot of their customers have just stopped paying their bills. And that's when they have to charge off an account, Jordan, as uncollectible. And so, you know, they basically just charge it off. So through this whole credit crunch and where they've seen their delinquencies and charge-off rates skyrocket, they have become very risk-averse, and that's, that is related to all these credit line cuts as well. And we've also seen millions of accounts uh, closed where, you know, issuers, I'm sure you, your, your, read, uh, your viewers, rather, or listeners have heard, uh, you know, horror stories about accounts being closed. So it's all kind of intertwined and related, uh, Jordan. So what are you anticipating for this coming year as far as, uh, do- you know, we had trillions closed. Uh, there's going to be another trillion, or how much more reduction will it be in credit lines? Well, I think no doubt going forward, they're, they're not done. I think uh, there's going to be some more cuts. I think we've seen the worst of it, though. I think that's the good news for folks out there. You know, this really hits people, you know, not only their ability to spend, but also hurts their credit score, as I know you've talked about before, Jordan. So, you know, it, it really... From a consumer standpoint, it's a double whammy because it's you know hitting your score. Your score is dropping when they're cutting your lines or they're closing out accounts. And it's hitting your purchase uh, spending ability as well. You know we've heard uh, stories from business owners, for example, small business owners that have had lines cut, accounts closed, and it's you know even forced them out of business. Uh, so this is serious stuff. But it, it, things are improving now. I think you're still going to see line cuts going forward, but I don't think they're going to be as drastic. And um, I think, you know, we're actually going to start seeing some uh, more line increases 
uh, strangely <laughs> as that sounds. So I think we have turned a corner. Explain how a reduction in your credit line will make your credit score go down. Yeah, that's a good question. It's it's a little convoluted. Um, you know, the, your FICO credit score, the most popular score out there, uh, is uh, somewhat counterintuitive. Uh, but basically, the way it drops your score is is it's based on what's called your debt to your limit or your debt to line ratio. So it's a ratio. Simple way to explain it is just to use a, a simple illustration. And so basically, let's say, Jordan, you've got a $10,000 credit line on a, on a credit card. You've got a $5,000 balance. Well, then your utilization is 50%. That's pretty simple math. So the higher utilization you have or the more that credit line you use, the lower your score uh, generally. And so basically, in that same scenario I just described, if you've got a $10,000 line, $5,000 balance, if they cut your line to, let's say, $5,100, which has happened a lot of times, they you know, give you, just leave you with 100 bucks available credit, then suddenly your utilization shoots through the roof. And it looks like you've got you know, basically almost 100% utilization. That can kill your score quickly. A lot of people don't seem to realize that, that uh, by doing nothing and by having their credit lines come down, their scores are going down a lot. <laughs> yeah, they tank quick. And it's always, I always say it's easier for the, the credit lines, credit scores to go down than it is to go up. It goes down quickly and up slowly. <laughs> this, is this is true. Indeed. Law of science. Um, now, uh, we're going to get into the details of this new CARD Act, which went into effect about a month ago or so, but just leave, kind of give us the background of why... Uh, this was passed in the first place a year ago. What were the, the impetus behind passing uh, this new credit card law? Yeah, you, you know, this sweeping reform, it's called the CARD Act, a little play on words there. But, um, the, you know, basically what uh, motivated the whole thing was that this industry was way out of control. Uh, you know, it, it has been basically deregulated since about 1980. And so really, you know, had very little reins on this industry. Um, and it was kind of honestly the wild west out there, Jordan. You know, if your issuer uh, on a Monday morning, if they were in bad in a bad mood and they uh, needed some additional revenue, they could uh, double, triple your rate overnight with very little, if any, advance warning. And uh, the notorious credit card fine print, which all your listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with, well, that was kind of basically grew out of this whole deregulation um, that we've seen in this industry. I'm all for free markets, and I'm, you know, very much a pro-capitalist. But, you know, when it comes to credit cards, although the American Bankers Association does make the point that when they deregulated around 1980, average credit card rates did fall, and that is a true statement. So that was one of the few positive things. But what it got us was a lot more negative. That's, that's where that fine print, all these egregious practices. I know we've talked in the past about universal default and these you know, complicated, convoluted, egregious practices that our card companies uh, have been sticking us with all these years. And so you know, now there's a sheriff in town, a <laughs> new sheriff in town, and we needed that. Uh, you know, the, the challenge that the uh, Obama administration faced, though, was they're in the midst of this credit crunch, 
they don't want to over-regulate the industry because they were concerned that it would have you know negative consequences, and it has had. Uh, we'll get to that. Has had a lot of unintended negative consequences. So they had to do kind of a balancing act there, Jordan. It wasn't an easy task. I wouldn't have been the wanted to be the one that uh, had to come up with the CARD Act and, and put it in place because the timing was was terrible, quite honestly. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Curtis Arnold, who's the president of CardRatings.com. A uh, way to get to that website is CreditCardPerks.com. Uh, talking all about the changing world of credit cards. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answers Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Curtis Arnold. Uh, who is the CEO of CardRatings.com. Uh, you can find out more about that at CreditCardPerks.com. Welcome back to the show, Curtis. Hey, thanks, Jordan. All right, let's get into the uh, Credit Card Act now. It was passed uh, about a year ago. It went into effect about a month ago. Uh, let's start with some of the provisions uh, that people may or may not be familiar with. First of all, as far as notification requirements, what kind of ways do the card issuers have to notify you that they didn't in the past? 
Yeah, well, we did a 180 on this notification thing, Jordan, because, you know, again, I talked about the Wild West earlier. Well, I wasn't kidding because uh, standard practice in the past uh, has been you've got a 2 o'clock payment cutoff time. Let's say your payment's due today, Monday, at 2 o'clock Eastern. Well, if your issuer posted that payment at, at 2.30 <laughs> Eastern time, they'd ding you with up to a $39 late fee. And then in some cases, double your rate or, you know, knock you up to that default rate. Going forward, it's a big change because any negative changes to your account, uh, they have to give you 45, that's right, 45, 45 days written notice, um, which is a huge change. And I think that's a great thing for consumers because basically it gives you, uh, for lack of a better word, a long grace period (laughs) to make, uh, you know, decide what you're going to do what your game plan is going to be. So that's good news. And this is true for interest rate increases, fee increases, late fees for all kinds of different things. They have to give you 45 days notice. Right. There's a couple exceptions, but pretty much you're right on track there. Uh, You know, if you're 60 days or more uh, late on your account, then they they don't have to give you uh, that written notice. Uh, The other exception would be um, if the prime rate goes up, uh, you know, the Fed's increase the rate, and you've got a variable rate card, which, you know, in card ratings, pretty much all cards these days are variable rate, meaning and they're generally tied to that prime rate, uh, but then they don't have to give you the, the 45 days. But there's a couple of exceptions in there. As far as rates uh, going up, as I understand it, on an introductory rate, a, a teaser rate of some kind, uh, it has to be good for at least six months. Is that correct? That is correct, and so that's another positive thing. Uh, if you, you know, these teaser rates have been around forever, and you know, sometimes they were used for for bait and switch purposes. Uh, I've used these offers for years, and you can still use them for your, to your advantage. But at least going forward, you know that if you lock into one, it's got to be around by law for at least six months. And then uh, when you open a new card. I'm sorry, go ahead. When you open a new card, how long does that have to be in effect, whatever the rate they're offering you? The rate on new cards, and that's another good point to make, has to remain into effect for a full year. So they can't tinker with your rate on new cards for at least one year. And then going forward, let's say you're 60 days late, uh, et cetera, they could could, increase your rate. But we need to make a distinction, Jordan, between existing balances uh, on, on balances you've already got on your accounts, and then on new purchases, because the law makes that distinction. And basically what it is, on existing balances, uh, they cannot increase your rate with those two exceptions. But on new purchases, you know, purchases you've yet to make on your card, they can still, you know, there's no cap on rates, and they can still increase that rate pretty much at will with the 45 days uh, written notice. So those are two different things. Charges and balance transfers are kind of two different worlds to some extent. Yeah, right. So you need to look at those uh, and make sure you understand how that's treated uh, as it pertains to the law and also understand, you know, how payments are applied because and that's something else, another big change that is in the favor of consumers because it used to be... <laughs> As you, I'm sure you well know, Jordan, they would apply your payment if you had two different interest rates on your account. Let's say you had a balance transfer and you know purchases. So your purchase rate, let's say, was you know 18% APR. 
but your balance transfer rate was 0%, well, guess in the past where they would uh, apply your payments going forward to the 0% uh, balance, uh, as you probably <laughs> get. Right. But going forward, that's, that's going to change. They have to apply, if you've got multiple different, you know, different rates on your account, two or more different rates, they have to apply your payments to the highest interest rate balance. That's something else to watch out for and verify on your statements going forward. Also, uh, over-limit fees have been changed. How have they been changed? Yeah, you know, another huge change. Uh, and basically, over-limit fees for several of the big, large issuers have become a thing of the past. and They've kind of voluntarily said we're no longer going to charge uh, over-limit fees. Now, voluntarily, I would use that word loosely <laughs> because the change has been precipitated by the new law. And basically, what the new law says, you know, in the past, if you, you know, they didn't tell you when you were getting ready to go over your limit, they would approve your charge. Let's say you've got, you know, a $10,000 limit we talked about earlier, and you're, let's say you're right near your, your, your limit. Basically, uh, you're almost maxed out in your card. And, and so you've got, a, let's say, a $9,900 balance, and you go out and buy something for 200 bucks. That's going to put you over that $10,000 limit. Well, in the past, they would go ahead and approve that charge, but they would ding you with up to a $39 over-limit fee. Uh, going forward, for them to approve that charge, you have to actually opt in and writing and say, you know, hey, Capital One, hey, Citibank, I'm going to allow you to, uh, you know, approve a charge to go over my limit and, and charge me a fee. And I honestly don't think many consumers are going to do that. Uh, for one thing, it's a hassle. Uh, secondly, I think most consumers don't want to pay that, you know, $39 uh, over limit fee. So would you recommend people do not opt in in those cases? Yeah, the only reason you would opt in that I can think of off the top of my head is, you know, there are some folks that if they're in a checkout line at a grocery store and, uh, you know, they want to avoid the embarrassment if that charge, you know, they, they don't want to see their credit card de get declined and, and tie up a line. And, and honestly, paying, you know, 20 30 bucks 30 is nothing for some people. Uh, you know, it bothers me. But, uh, but it, at least we're given that option as a consumer. So it's your prerogative. I just think, and a lot of, like I said, a lot of issuers have completely eliminated it. Because I think they anticipated very few of their customers opting in. But, uh, you know, there will be a few, I'm sure. And then there are some changes regarding uh, students and those age under 21. What are some of the changes there? Yeah, you know, the, again, this, this reform is, is pretty sweeping and, and, and far-reaching. And, and probably the biggest demographic that's going to be impacted is students. Uh, we have student credit cards on, on cardratings.com. Uh, and uh, on credit card perks as well. And basically, going forward, uh, you know, this is going to be a huge change for students. I've got a, a son in college that's a freshman, and um, so he's going to have to grapple with these changes too. But basically, uh, several things. The biggest component is going forward, as of today, you have to be uh, 21 if you're a student to get a student credit card with two exceptions convince your parents to co-sign for you, that would be an exception. So, you know, if you can get them, and most, most parents, I think, Jordan, that I talk to aren't comfortable doing that. I know I'm not. But if your parents are comfortable doing that, that would be a way to get a credit card if you're under 21. 
The other exception would be you'd have to prove that you've got a source of income uh, to basically, you know, substantiate getting a unsecured uh, credit line, which is you know, what a credit card is. It's unsecured. So basically, show your tax return, or how would you uh, show that income? Well, that some of that stuff, I, I'm, you know, they're still working out. But as best I understand it, it would be like a pay stub, or it could be a tax return, that kind of thing. Um, but I, I'm still wondering about some of those details. There's still, you know, quite a bit of gray area here. How are they going to implement this? Some of these things, um, are, you know, I think are still up in the air. But that's what I've heard. I haven't so, heard. So, is it as a result of this, is it going to be harder for college students to establish good credit compared to the past? Yeah, it will be. Uh, you know, it's a catch-22. Uh, the student credit card issue has always been a double-edged sword. You know, we've had this terrible, rampant credit card debt on our uh, college campuses across the country, which is, you know, quite honestly, it's it's crippled our our young folks, our sons and daughters. But at the same time, you know, we've gone to the other extreme now. So I've got mixed feelings about it. And, and honestly, you know, to say, and hey, this is an interesting thought, if you're 18, you know, my son can go off to Afghanistan and lose his life for his country, but for some reason he's not mature enough to get a credit card. Now, I don't recommend you know, most 18-year-olds get a credit card. In fact, I, you know, I speak on college campuses, have for years. And I, as a freshman, I just don't think you should do it. But I'm not naive enough to think that 100% of our freshmen in college can't handle a credit card. The vast majority can't, but this new law is basically saying, you know, you can't with, with two exceptions. So I, you know, I've got mixed feelings about the whole thing, honestly. And they've also got some new rules about marketing uh, on campuses. They can't go to football games and hand out caps and those kind of things as well, right? So their marketing is going to be much reduced. Yeah, it really will be. And I think, and we've always campaigned. I mean, we're, we're on card ratings. We're real pro-consumer. And uh, we've always campaigned against. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. And we've even here in Arkansas, we've heard stories. I've heard this across the country of, you know, luring you know, 18, 19 year olds uh, to Subway to get a free sub sandwich, uh, with the condition being they have to sign up for a credit card. I mean, come on, that's that's ridiculous. And I'm glad that's outlawed. Uh, you know, no bones about it. So you're saying for somebody who is responsible today, a freshman or, or sophomore under 21. That you think it's better to go without credit cards or to get the co-signed one with your parents if you do not have independent income? Well, I think you know it's best to go ahead and establish credit if you think you can handle it. I recommend a personal finance class uh, first of all. But um, if you've you know taken that personal finance class and you feel responsible, you've used a debit card successfully. I have a problem with waiting till you're 21, and that problem is this. You know, you're already, let's say, a junior in college. Well, you're going to graduate hopefully in a year, and suddenly, if you want to, you know, get your own starter house or you know, get your uh, first auto loan, your credit within a year, Jordan, is not going to have time to, to build up. And so you're probably going to be stuck. Uh, you know, one big part of your credit score is, is how long of credit history that you've established only a year you know or so and you're getting out of college with only a year or so established credit you're going to be you know you walk up to that mortgage broker and they're just going to kind of shake your head and, and say well you know we can help you but uh you're going to be stuck with a you know 11 12 13 percent rate on a mortgage or, or whatnot i mean 
are not even qualified. So yeah, that's a concern good. I have. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Curtis Arnold, uh, who's the CEO of CardRatings.com. Another way to get to that website is CreditCardPerks.com. Uh, talking about the whole changing world of credit cards. We'll be back after this. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Corrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Corrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Curtis Arnold, uh, who is the CEO of CardRatings.com. A way to get to that website is CreditCardPerks.com. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the provisions of the act uh, and how they're going to be affecting rewards cards. People like to get frequent flyer miles and hotel rewards and cash discounts. How, how is that whole world changing? Yeah, you know, this is one of my favorite topics. When I wrote the book, How You Can Profit from Credit Cards, uh, you know, I, one of my favorite chapters, uh, one of the first chapters in that book talks about reward cards. And this is one of America's favorite pastimes, you know, using these reward cards. They've become all the rage. Um, but we've seen some pretty big changes uh, with reward cards and how you play the game. Because it is somewhat of a game, Jordan. Um, and, you know, it's, most of it's been negative news. Uh, we saw about the last year, you know, while rates were rising on card ratings and fees were rising, reward programs were being cut and slashed and in some cases eliminated altogether. Now, this wasn't always, you know, a, a big uh, slash. Uh, for example, you know, a card that I use is American Express uh, Blue Cash, and I'm not a paid endorser for them. It's just a card I've used and I like. It's a cash back card. And they made a little change about a year ago, and they said, you know, instead of earning 1.5% on all purchases, um, you would only earn 1.25% going forward which isn't a huge change, but, 
you know, end of the day, I'm used to Jordan, my wife, and I, we get about over $1,000 cash back every year. Uh, so it has, you know, dinged me a little bit. I'm, you know, 100 bucks or so. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's been more noticeable, I mean, where they've, you know, cut back more drastically. And in some instances, they haven't cut it at all. So, but the, the majority have cut. I think going forward, I think, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, the worst is behind us. Uh, so I want to be optimistic here. And I think you are going to see more annual fees, though, on reward cards. And those cards that have charged fees in the past, I think you'll see higher fees. But the good news is, Jordan, I think we're still going to see quite a few, particularly these cash-back cards that don't have annual fees going forward even. So I know there was you know, a lot of people out there several months back after that card act was signed by the president last summer they were saying, you know, you know, these people were saying, oh, reward cards are going to be uh, terminated and they're going to be a thing of the past and uh, doom and gloom type mentality. But in fact, um, they're still around. I think they're going to be still around for a long time uh, because uh, a couple of reasons. Uh, they build loyalty and they help uh, credit card companies gain new customers. It's fierce, still fiercely competitive, believe it or not. Uh, but, it, you know, it, things are changing, though. Well, you know, there's several uh, ways that uh, consumers are experiencing this deal. And, you know, rates everyone knows about. Uh, you know, we hear about new uh, annual fees. But a lot of folks aren't aware that they're actually, it's not just your late fees. And we talked about over-limit fees are, are, are kind of becoming a thing of the past to a degree. But uh, nothing is stopping these card issuers from coming up with new fees. Uh, you know, the, the CARD Act uh, does a lot of things regulation-wise, but they can't regulate a fee if it doesn't exist today. True? <laughs> um, so what we've seen, Jordan, a couple examples just in the last few months on card ratings, uh, we've seen a new fee called basically an inactivity fee, uh, where and we've never really seen this much, if any, before, where basically you don't use your account for 12 months, you get ding with the fee. Um, Citibank is experimenting with this, kind of a quasi-inactivity fee, basically. If you don't charge, uh, there's different price points. But one of them, the most popular one we've heard complaints on from other consumers is if you don't charge $200 a month on your account, then you get ding with a fee. Uh, it's basically $2,400 a year, which for some people is not an issue, but... You know, like a, a elderly lady called me the other day, and it's been a Citibank customer for years. She was not happy, and she said, "Curtis, what do I do?" She says, "I use this card, but I only usually put a hundred, hundred fifty bucks on it, and I don't want to get into debt, but I don't want to get hit with this fee." So, you know, that's just an example. Uh, so it's kind of crazy. You know, going forward, we're going to have regulation, but we're still we can't rest on our laurels. We're going to have to still be proactive. Now, the need for cardratings.com is not going to go away. <laughs> if anything, well, in, in uh, that circumstance, Curtis, in that circumstance where you've had a card for a long time, you've got a very good payment history on it, they hit you with a fee you don't like, uh, does it make sense to close the account because that's going to hurt your credit score or should you just pay the fee or, or what should you do in a case like that? Yeah, that's a tough call. Uh, it's kind of a case-by-case -case basis. Generally, if the fee's not too high, You've had that account for a long time, so it's helped your credit history. 
and uh, and whatnot. Then, and the fee is not excessive. Let's say it's twenty bucks. Then a lot of times it'll make sense to pay that fee. If the fee's higher, you know, fifty, eighty bucks plus, and maybe you've had that account for a shorter time, and you've got a lot of other types of credit history, then you know, end of the day, it's probably not going to hurt your score uh, as much. So you know, paying annual fees on, on credit cards is one of my pet peeves, Jordan, but. There are instances where, you know, you just kind of have to bite the bullet and do it. But, again, if it's too excessive and, you know, you've got a lot of other credit history built up, uh, then, I, you know, you, I would call and try to negotiate with them first. But if that doesn't work, um, I would certainly look at closing that out at that point, particularly if you're on a fixed income, fixed budget. On the interest rate front, uh, there are no limits to what interest rates can go. Then you have to give notice, but there are no limits on where interest rates can go. What What are some of the higher interest rates you're seeing these days, and, and who is getting hit with them? Well, good question. You know, gosh, uh, we, we're routinely seeing uh, average rates on card ratings right now are about 15%. And so they definitely have ticked up significantly in the last 12, 24 months. But on the higher end, you know, as you mentioned, there's no cap on rates. And one of the things we're seeing, these default rates, or they're also called penalty rates, are still going to be around Jordan. And uh, we've seen these default penalty rates ticking up, uh, in some cases, even higher, you know, over 30%, well north of 30%. And here's what's interesting, Jordan. Uh, you talk about sticker shock. These subprime cards that have been around forever, I call them fee harvesting cards that, you know, have had fees through the wazoo, well, they're reinventing themselves, and the, the new law does have a, uh, a portion of the new law does address these subprime cards, and it limits the fees on them, which is good. But what's their response been, Jordan? Well, here's what uh, one of the responses of the one of the largest uh, subprime issuers out there called First Premier. They've been experimenting with a, a higher rate on their cards. Uh, you <laughs> want to take a stab, Jordan? Uh, well over 50%, I would guess. Yeah, it is. 79.99%. Yes. 80% eye-popping. Uh, and I just you know, fell out of my chair. Uh, <laughs> but if people are desperate enough, I guess they feel they don't have any alternatives because they can't get credit anywhere at, at decent price, prices. Yeah, yeah. You're, well, if you're in a rock, rock between the hard place, uh, in some cases. So you're, how about secured credit cards? Have there been changes in that for people with not as great credit? Well, that's a nice segue because I, my um, you know, alternative for these consumers that have poor credit is you know the best way to go, uh, hands down, going forward are these secured credit cards, where you put up a security, basically a deposit. It's just like a, you put it, in a, it's like you're going to open a savings account. You put a couple hundred bucks in that savings account, and sometimes it earns interest, but uh, basically they use that savings deposit of $200 to, quote-unquote, secure your credit line, and they'll match it dollar for dollar, and basically, you know, they'll give you a $200 credit line. And the fees on the secured cards are a lot lower, generally, and their interest rates are, you know, mid to upper teens, uh, a lot less than 80%. And so they're a lot more consumer-friendly. The only drawback is, you know, not everyone on a fixed income can come up with has $250 laying around that they can put up as their uh, security deposit. But, uh, then once you have a good payment history on those, you can kind of graduate from secured to unsecured. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah. You use those cards for you know eighteen months generally. You, if you pay on time, you use it responsibly. Then you build up your credit. And you you want to take a barometer reading, and get your credit score. I, I think that's a good idea going into this before you get the secured card. Then you use it responsibly. You make sure that secured card reports to all three of the major credit bureaus. That's the most efficient way to build credit. Then you can kind of graduate onto an unsecured card. And incidentally, you get your security deposit back, assuming you've you know made on-time payments, et cetera, and use that account responsibly. Now, you're saying also that uh, cards that have no fees whatsoever are becoming more rare and in some cases disappearing. Is that going to continue? Are you going to see fewer and fewer cards with no fees at all? Yeah, I think you are going to see um, more fees, uh, cards with fees. Uh, secured cards are a good example. You know, but I would never go with a secured car that had over charged over, let's say, a thirty-five dollar annual fee. Some of them are as low as twenty bucks. But you know, some of your reward cards, particularly these elite uh, reward cards that target people with excellent credit that have you know above average net worth, some of those cards can go uh, easily you know north of five hundred dollars a year. Uh, they, you know, but again, that's kind of a niche segment. But for the average Joe on the street. Uh, you know, you're going to see more more annual fees going forward, but I don't want to scare anyone because what's interesting, Jordan, just in the last couple of weeks, few weeks since this card act was implemented, we've actually seen a few major issuers, namely Chase uh, and Capital One, immediately come to mind, that have come out and said, announced basically that they're, they're going to enhance uh, some of their reward cards uh, and, and make them more attractive, not charge an annual fee, and so it's not all bad news. There's definitely some silver linings out there. Um, so I want to be as objective as possible, and I, and I want to try to paint as realistic picture as possible. When you go to uh, creditcardperks.com, your website, um, you have what's called the best cards uh, part of the website. What are some of the things that people can find there that they might not be aware of otherwise? Yeah, well, you bet. I mean, we uh, our niche, we, we break these cards down into categories make it easier for you to comparison shop. And we need to comparison shop for a credit card just like we would, you know, for a big screen TV. No difference. Um, and so, but we, we do a lot of legwork, and we break them down and categorize them and make it, try to make it as user-friendly as possible, and we've got a database. But basically, we're using a, a five-star system, and then we're implementing uh, consumer reviews where, you know, folks that have actually had that card can go in and rate it. Uh, of course, we got the, the popular credit forum on card ratings, uh, over 100,000 posts on there where you can go. You know, it's, a, it's a community, basically, what it is, a support group, and you can post questions and get answers, uh, and it's very helpful, uh, all pretty much volunteer-driven. Uh, so, you know, those are some of the resources there. But our niche is, you know, still rating those, those cards, and that's what we've kind of developed a reputation for in the industry and, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people have mimicked and copied our model over the years. But, you know, one thing that makes this difference is 99% of these sites out there that have copied our model, uh, this is kind of a dirty little, little secret of the industry, they only list credit cards on their website that advertise with them. Mm-hmm. And we, only about 15 20% of the cards on our site actually advertise with us. So, you know, 80-plus percent. We don't get a dime from, but we still list them. Is it made clear who is and who is not advertising on the site? Yeah, we do. We, we list those as 
clearly marked as featured cards. And we have a link you know, saying what, a, what is a featured card. Uh, they don't get rated any differently than any other card. Uh, so they're all uh, basically the same scrutiny as any card. Uh, the only preference is um, they can be listed higher on the page, kind of like Google does when you do a Google search. Uh, I don't know if you notice those two, typically two top sponsored links, and then along the side of your page, they're just listed first, but they're not shown any you know, preference or in yeah. terms of rating. Just tell us briefly about the, the book you came out with recently, How You Can Profit from Credit Cards. What are some of the things people can find in there based on what we've been talking about this hour? Yeah, you know, this is uh, <laughs> the title of it catches a lot of people off guard, and I get some, some <laughs> strange <laughs> responses. I mean, you know, people say, are you joking? profiting from credit cards, or, you know, is this book on comedy, or is this a get-rich-quick scheme, you know, some kind of multi-level marketing deal? And, you know, my answer is neither, because, and this is a legitimate book that's done very well, sold a lot of copies, but, you know, I've lived the book, uh, Jordan. I had over $45,000 in credit card debt coming out of graduate school, and you talked about student debt earlier. And, boy, I really, the stress it caused in my life is indescribable. But as I paid down that debt, I had the vision to, to found card ratings and, 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 you know, nonprofit kind of group. Um, and we're for-profit today in interest of full disclaimer. But a lot of the goals that I originally had for the nonprofit have been fulfilled many times over with card ratings. But at any rate, uh, you know, now I use credit to my financial advantage. And actually, and this is so strange for people to understand, Jordan, but when you tell them that, hey, credit actually benefits me financially, it helps my bottom line, I get glazed over looks. They're like, what? You know, credit's evil. Or, you know, we're, you know, we're slaves to credit. No, you don't have to be. Uh, so I'm a big proponent on education. I've lived this in my own life. You know, we use these cash back cards to get over $1,000 back every year. We get all kinds of perks, uh, free perks from our cards. We get the benefit of not carrying cash. You know, we had a lady in our office just had her wallet stolen uh, Friday. And uh, thank God she had all plastic because she didn't lose any cash. So, I mean, there's all kinds of benefits to using credit. One area we did not discuss is uh, balance transfers. Uh, what has been changing in the world of balance transfers going from one place to another? Yeah, I mean, we kind of alluded to it briefly. But uh, to expound on that, uh, there's been big changes with these balance transfers. We list these on card ratings as well. But basically the big news here, Jordan, is the fees uh, out of the gate that you pay. You know, some issuers uh, are charging as high as a 5% fee, uh, balance transfer fee is what they call it, when you do that transfer. So you're paying that fee up front. I kind of equate it to a front-end load on a mutual fund. And so you're already in the hole you know, up to 5%. So the fees are really gone up. You have to do the math on those. Be real careful. Um, you know, there's still a lot that have a 3% fee, but it's very rare to find one these days, Jordan, without any type of fee. Uh, if you find it, email me. Uh, let me know. I've only know one or two cards that, that don't charge a balance transfer. And it's also unlimited. It used to be 5% of a certain balance or capped out at $99, but now in many cases it's unlimited as to what that will apply to, right? That's right. Yeah, good point. So they don't put a cap on it usually. But look for one. Still, some of them still have caps, but a lot don't. But look for one that's got a cap. Hopefully that cap is, you know, 100 bucks or so. I have seen caps as high as $250. But, uh, 
boy, you can, uh, if you're not careful, Jordan, you know, you, you pay a 5% fee with no cap, and you end up thinking you're going to save yourself money, and you end up digging yourself a, a bigger hole. So <laughs> you don't want to do that. In the minute or so we have left, why don't we just kind of summarize where things stand in the credit card business now that now this new credit card law uh, has gone into effect, both the positives and the negatives. Well, you know, we've talked about the positives and the negatives. And, and from my vantage point, you know, the, the positives do outweigh the negatives, although there are a lot of negatives. But I think if, if nothing else, Jordan, this new CARD Act, what it's done, it's brought more consumer awareness about the credit card industry. And I think if that's the only benefit, which I think there's more benefits than that, but if that's the only benefit, uh, end of the day, that's a good thing. Because I think... And I've always said this, our best defense against this industry is not the federal government, it's not credit counselors, it's ourselves in the form of credit education and financial literacy. I mean, we're flunking personal finance 101, but this has brought more awareness and so more consumers are aware of these kind of practices we've been talking about. They're more aware of their credit reports and scores because of all the press and all the legislation. So I'm optimistic that going forward, uh, things are going to be better. Um, you know, I, I'm an eternal optimist. And I think a lot of these things that were these egregious practices that were so widespread in the past are a thing of the past. Indeed. And I, for one, am not going to miss some of these practices. But we're still going to have to be on our toes. Very good. Uh, and cardratings.com is, is still going to be around, George. Terrific. Well, thanks so much, Curtis. It's been fascinating. It has been a changing world of credit cards. You've really given us a good update here. Again, my guest this hour has been Curtis Arnold uh, of CardRatings.com. Another way to get to that website is CreditCardPerks.com. Thanks so much for being on the show, Curtis. It's a pleasure, Jordan. Thank you. And thank you, audience. We'll be back again next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Good Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.